0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to our podcast. Couldn't make this up if I tried. I'm La Chancla, and this is Yesi. We're two first-gen Latinas. meando about mental health and wellness, keeping it lighthearted while keeping, keeping it real. real. On this episode, come hang out with us and the fellas as we navigate the challenges of addressing mental health in our Latinx households. Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> It's going, you know. I, I'm running on a on a cool three hours of sleep today. That's right. Here. That's we're right. That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're done with finals, so that's what done. counts, right? It's over. I can sleep. <laughs> You'll be able to do that hopefully this weekend, and we have one more week of uh, left of school, and then you're you're free for the next two weeks. I don't know actually when your term starts again.
0: Hey, I know. Right when we go back, actually. So, you know, it'll be fun. <laughs> nice.
1: well, what are you uh, looking forward to doing in the next two weeks or three weeks, I guess?
0: Mm, I have like two books that are halfway finished. Um, I started one at the beginning of the year. I might have talked about it on this one, on this podcast, but it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's uh-huh. about trauma and the way it presents in the body member. I was like, love that. Love that. I want to... <laughs> I'm obsessed, but um I, I haven't gotten a chance to finish it because i just had to read so many other things. What about you? Know you? What? Uh, oh sorry.
1: No, <laughs> I was who? just gonna <laughs> you're fine. I was just gonna say it's funny. I actually had to read that book in grad school. <laughs> and like till this day I have not finished that book. Grad school, I graduated in twenty fifteen. So <laughs> <laughs> Am I hearing yeah. book club? I'm just yes. kidding. Uh, yeah, we could definitely do it. I mean, we probably have enough books that we have that are similar that we could definitely uh, run book club. But it's definitely an interesting uh, book, from what I've heard. <laughs> I only had yeah, to read yeah, a couple yeah. of chapters for for school, so that's why I was not super committed to it. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to kind of like quickly recap on our episode last, uh, our last episode, which was like talking about moms. I heard a lot of really good feedback in regards to that episode. I think uh, a couple of my friends were able to identify to some of the things that Estela had gone through. Um, And it was just kind of nice to be able to hear her story and and the struggles that she had uh, growing up as a Latina, a Mexican mom, uh, first gen and um, all the things that she kind of like encounter um, in the last couple of years. How about you? Did you hear any feedback?
0: I did. I just, I, I know that um, I'm going to like maybe jump the gun here, but uh, one of our guests told me that they really enjoyed that episode. And so I am excited to, to hear what they say about it, but I did get good feedback people, you know, identifying with like all my mommy friends and then, um friends like me, right, <laughs> who um still don't know like if we're gonna, going to be moms or not, but it was it, it was a lot of like insightful um good information. Absolutely. So, um I know you jumped on the gun a little
1: bit with our guest, so I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to hand that off to you and then you can go ahead and introduce our amazing guest that I'm super excited about today.
0: Sure. So um, these are these are two gentlemen that um, I know from California, and many of you know I did live there for a little while. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, so Andrew, <laughs> I don't know if you want to go first and talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, and tell us about what you loved about our last episode.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, thank thank you guys once again for bringing me on, um, when. When you, like, when you hopped when you hopped in the messages and, and really just got into going with school and stuff and really talking more about just mental health and, and really just bringing this platform uh, a little bit more to the public, I was really inspired just to be on. I want to thank you for that. Um, and so to prepare for something like this and to be part of the second season, I was catching on to see what was going on in season one. I still need to finish it. I got like three or four episodes in and then Now, I had to fast forward and see, like, okay, I got to catch up and see what's going on uh, from from when we were already talking about. And, I mean, yeah, talking about moms, for one, had really brought me um, into a good mindset about moms in particular. And the guest alone was very inspiring, Um, really helped me get insight into what it is to be a parent now. Uh, nowadays and especially coming to terms with a lot of the things that we are currently going through as as a collective and, and and together i think one of the biggest things that really came to me uh during that interview was how she was talking like to her daughter i think about grades and before she was about to respond she had to like take a step back and really recollect herself before she can Start asking more questions around, like, "Hey, what's going on when it comes to French?" and really having that conversation with with her child. Um, and to me, I that like that was like really. I mean, it was such a small gesture, but it really changed the trajectory and where that relationship could have went. And so, when that conversation was expanded upon, and and I got to tune in on it, I was really, I was really excited because of just how, it, just just because of how fun it was to see that going on and so i mean a little bit about myself right born and raised in, in california this is all i know being in la and um, the gateway cities and for anyone who is wanting to know more about the gateway cities are kind of like a plug between downtown la and the county long beach and anaheim where disneyland is located my upbringing was very unique to me, just because of how connected I was to those major areas, like downtown LA, twenty minutes away without traffic, Disneyland right down the street, and then Long Beach um, and it, the the own life that it has over there. And that was
0: my favorite part about living there. Sorry, everything you yeah. just described, I'm like, you yeah. we really could go all over the place.
2: Yeah, like some and and. For me, like growing up in that and being so connected, um, that's that's all that I've really came to know. And sometimes it could be overwhelming, um, just because there's so much going on in the area. And so that's that's a lot of what I got to experience from the ground up. Is just so much going on, right? And I grew I grew up from young parents where they are both from from Latin and Mexican descent, and. For me, on my mom's side, second generation, and on my dad's side, much longer than that. Um, It wasn't until recently, especially my senior year in in college where I got to learn more about my history and my background and really get back um, into connection with just like my ancestors and and things like that and really becoming more rooted um, just because of how disconnected I felt uh, growing up. And by rooted, I mean learning more about the history, learning about how my family uh, lines up with that, and I mean, I did a lot of searching, a lot of, a lot of learning, um, and picking up a lot of authors that were of Chicano descent that I fell in love with in terms of their writing and how they really express themselves. And so that was probably one of the most significant parts of the way out that I, grew up. growing up in, in LA, uh, it's easy to fall within the cracks of just like another person of Mexican descent. And, and being a little bit more present uh, for me. So I did a lot of learning. Um, my parents being very young, they I got to see a lot of youth and a lot of energy that they had raising me uh, as a firstborn. And then my other sisters they, they followed after too. And so being the only male uh, in, in my family of my me, um, there was that expectation of my firstborn older son and a little bit of those, those stereotypes going on, those archetypes. And um, I, I've the mold for a little while. I, ha- I was right.
0: gonna ask you though about um, a, a project you had recently that was pretty big.
2: Um, yes. You're an author. <laughs> yes, that came into play um, a lot. Yeah, um, you have my book, but I released a book uh, on my birthday just to celebrate 25 years of living. And yeah, I'm also an author. Uh, collection of poetry based on lived experience and, and really just embracing a lot of the experiences that I went through and, and providing snippets into the context of what each poetry has And part of that was based on, on grief and losing my grandparents um, where I had really found myself uh, in, in experiencing a lot of challenges, right? And so writing was one of the ways that I expressed it. And so, yeah, I released the book. It is out. Um, It's called 11, uh, Roman numeral xi, Collection Poetry on Being Human. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a lot more projects that I am working on, becoming more conscious around apparel, uh, working with with a lot of causes going on, and uh, being involved in the mental health field as a counselor, and and working in the schools, too. Uh, I've been working in schools for about six years now.
0: That's exciting. Thank you for joining us today. We're looking forward to the conversation. Um, So this, our other guest is somebody, I actually met Eddie now that I think about it like a year ago, Uh, yeah, a year ago (laughs) Um, around this time. And so um, I'll let him tell you a little bit about what he does and a little bit about why uh, we asked him to come talk with us today.
3: Hello everyone. My name's Eddie B. I'm a DJ that I'm playing. Okay. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to introduce you that way, but I'm glad you did it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I'm from this uh, team franchise, but anywho, my name is Eddie. Um, I'm from Los Angeles and that's right. We did meet about a year ago, like around Christmas, right? Um, Sandra.
0: Yeah. Through um, one of my really good friends, Ashley. So, uh, And her family. So they're they're my family, too. So Eddie and I share a family.
3: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Really, really cool people. Um, Yeah. So I was well, I am from Los Angeles. One thing a lot of people don't know about me that I was actually born in Mexico. So I was brought over when I was like five years old. So a lot of my upbringing was like confusing because I had to learn like the second language, which is English. So I was scared half the time, like, okay, like, I don't know what people are saying, but yet I'm here, like, in first grade trying to understand him. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think, because uh, one of the questions you asked me, right, um, what made, mm-hmm. what led me into want to wanna be part of this particular podcast, which is uh, mental mm-hmm. health. And mm-hmm. i always been about that. i always been about bringing that into for people to understand that men also go through, like, really tough times and that they need help, you know, a lot of the times. And I guess that's the reason, to why I bring that. I was born in Mexico, had to learn English, and that alone kind of, like, put me in that position of, like, kind of struggle since the start. Um, but, yeah, I'm really, really interested of what you ladies, you know, want to talk about regarding the whole mental health, and let's see what I can do. Uh,
0: give yourself a a little plug tell the people what you do
3: oh yeah uh i make internet videos (laughs) that's that's pretty much what i want to say
1: like tiktok videos
3: like what
1: i said like tiktok videos.
3: oh no (laughs) that's actually funny well it
1: doesn't tell us what kind of video
3: um (laughs) um anything really just content creator anything that deals with like um well, I do a lot of videos for other people, for clients, but for my personal stuff, I like to do a lot of comedy and I also like to do like um, like sketches, like short films. Yeah. And that's funny you mentioned um, TikTok, <laughs> that I want to make uh, fun of TikTokers. So I want to start doing like parodies, so like TikTokers and kind of put myself out there in that <laughs> position of maybe that I'm talking shit. i'll share some of his
0: videos (laughs) yeah we'll 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 put like both of your things um in the description so that people can follow you and yeah eddie's content is pretty is pretty funny
1: yeah and if you haven't gathered by now and we totally forgot to introduce what the topic was going to be sorry (laughs) we just were so excited to kind of like get the ball rolling uh but today's topic is going to be around mental health and like mental health that has to do around men, right? Because we know traditionally it is really difficult for a lot of our Latino or Latinx males, um, to seek any sort of support or help. Um, you know, there was a um, a study uh, through the Anxiety and Depression Association of America that shared that only twenty percent of Latinx. Um, or like in general, not like only males, but experience mental health issues and they only speak about it to their doctors. I mean, they talk about their symptoms, right? And then out of those 20%, only 10% actually seek out support from a mental health practitioner. Um, So that really kind of like speaks a lot to the huge, um, need, um, or the gap, I guess you can really say, uh, when it comes to mental health and in our community, um, we are seeing that a lot of like, um, depression and anxiety is on the rise right now, specifically because of the political climate, right? We know that there's definitely a lot of tensions that are happening, uh, politically. Uh, there's definitely other factors like the current state of the country. We know that, um, unfortunately, not only our community, but like definitely the, uh, like African-American community and the Latino community are the ones that are being hit the hardest when it comes to the global pandemic. Um, as we know we probably many of us have probably been impacted um, in some sort uh, because of it and that's also causing economic instability so that definitely uh, is increasing a lot of the anxieties and depression symptoms within our communities. Uh, we know that historically our communities are really private about like sharing uh, how they feel um, and, and we've talked about that like a lot during the pod um, just how it is really difficult to find a provider who's bilingual bicultural um, and also that that you can definitely build that trust or the bond with the therapist so this is why we brought Andrew and Eddie today so we could talk a little bit more about what that means and so I guess my first question for both of you and either Andrew or Eddie um, whoever wants to jump in uh, I would love to hear uh, what does mental health mean to you
2: yeah Definitely. Yeah. What does it mean? I mean, to me, it, it means just value, wealth, um, having having just clarity when it comes to experiencing a lot of challenges, a lot of stress that goes on, finding ways to deal with it. Um, that's that's usually some of the cornerstones that I start out with when it comes to mental health and men and really finding healthier ways to deal with things and and, and natural issues that we all go through, such as like experiencing anger and stress and and, and and grief and loss and, and you know rejection and really exploring like mental health around so many different subjects. I think mental health at its core is finding ways that help more instead of hurting. Um, that's usually something that I've I've really kind of drawn home to in terms of like my approaches or you know things that have worked for me. Definitely. How about
3: how about you? Eddie? Yeah, same. Pretty much. You're on point on that. Um...
0: I guess I have, a, I, I have a way to like, I guess, pare down the question because when we talk about mental health a lot of the time, like there are just so many components, right? And so I guess to pare that question down like further, like when did you realize that it was something that, you know, you had, because we all have it and we talk about it all the time. We all have it. But um, in the pre-conversation, uh, you know, before this, we kind of talked about the ways that maybe it presents for men um latino men specifically latinx men specifically um and uh in identifying feelings maybe because that's like when you're recognizing what it is um do do you all or both of you you know want to share a little bit about when you came to that kind of like oh this is, you know, I should probably take care of this. Like, I should probably talk about this. And, you know, for me, it's like processing, right? Or for all of us, that's what we're we're doing is we're processing the feeling or the emotion. And um, when we came up with this topic, I think that had a lot to do with it, is that many of the times our men just don't, you know, and that's why. So I guess that's the question. I hope that made sense. But
2: yeah, I, oh, yeah, especially as far as trickling it down and getting a little bit more detailed um, as far as specifics. For me, it clicked right going into high school, high school adolescence, um, really being more aware of myself and just exploring my identity for the most part. Um, 14 was a pretty important year. Um, that actually just 2009 in general was a very important year uh, because at the very start of it, was when my grandma passed away, who had been my best friend day in and day out. She was the first person that I really grew trust from, um, from growing up. And so she was definitely somebody that I really um, connected with outside of my parents. Uh, Because my parents usually, like being young parents, they were working and they worked hard as well. And I got to see myself in my grandma. And when she passed away, it shocked the family in terms of how grief set um, into our dynamics how coping with it was a challenge. And for me, how do I process it? And later on in that year was when my parents separated that same year, uh, I think that was in October. So like the first and towards the end of that year, there were like two major life stressors for me that occurred. And I'm still trying to figure out how I can maintain my schooling and things like that. And so while experiencing not only those adjustments, but my role in all of it, school was always the center for me. And towards the end of my high school, my freshman year, uh, there was a psychology course that was being available for sophomores going in. Was, I think it was the first of its kind where it became about sophomores. And I remember seeing like a psychology teacher that is still like a major influence to me today when I took her class again in senior year I got to see it when I was 15, being ready to select my classes for the next following year. And I got to see a, a male senior just really encouraging everybody to join this class. And I was like, oh wow, like, you know, some of my friends that were girls, they would always talk about him and their attraction towards him. And I was like, man, that guy's tall. I want to be like him, like he's going to graduate. And I was like, okay, like, he, obviously he's doing something right. Like, um, so that was like the spark that started everything going into the psychology field, learning about it. Um, I used to joke around and write on my psychology book, like those like cardboard paper things that you put on the book. I would write psychology, but I would emphasize Cholo in the middle of psychology. And so like, (laughs) so it was, (laughs) it was definitely something that like, I I already knew off the bat that Chicanos and psychology, like it's already in the word. Um, And so, I
0: never noticed that <laughs> oh my god I'm dying
2: yeah. yeah like like after this I'm probably going to make a word play on it um but I mean yeah I mean with, without diving too much into it because I know we're going to dive into it eventually that's that's that was a spark for me uh on my end Andrew did it for the base. I'm just
0: kidding <laughs> Eddie tell us a little bit about you and like I mean you you talked about it a little bit when you were talking about your journey here Um, And just being, you know, confused and I'm sure as a child, I mean, that is like pretty impactful. Um, But I want to hear from you, like where it it clicked for you, like, oh man, you know, like this, these, these feelings, like I got to deal with them.
3: Yeah, so it was definitely tough um, starting um, up, you know, like really young age. But when it really started to hit me was middle school when acne was at its worst for me. (laughs) So when I had to, you know, just deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, and I never really had someone I can talk to about any of that stuff. I just had to just deal with it. I made They made fun of me and deal with it. All I can, the only advice I would ever get was just to like man up. That was just a straight up answer, just man up. I didn't know what that meant. I guess it just meant do not do anything about it. Do not just deal with it pretty much. And then eventually I realized that that's not the way that why do I always feel that I, I'm not supposed to have like anything to say. So little by little, I started just doing that on my own. And that's when I started to get like other dudes that felt the same way kind of open up too. So I understood that there's a lot of guys that go with that and they go all without ever talking about it. So I and guess you, just, can't,
0: you can't tell a Gemini not to talk and not to express themselves. So I, I feel you there, Eddie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely dying inside until, I used to write a lot. So if, if we can, if that was my way of expressing, not, not actually like verbally saying anything, but writing. So that's when I started to write a lot of like, um, even scripts for short films that regard um, like suicide and stuff like that. Even like music that deals with like how people wear a mask on a daily base and deep inside they're a whole different person. And that, that was just my way of expressing myself, just writing. And that's when I knew, okay, if I can get other people that relate to me, why not, you know, just continue to talk about it now and let that be the outlet for a lot of people too.
1: That's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And I think you're totally right. I think, uh, you know, we know that being like young and even a teenager is so hard, right? And not only that, but you're also trying to navigate that Um as a first gen uh, Latino male, like going through the system, the school system and being a completely different and learning a new culture. And that definitely takes a toll. But it sounds like uh, even though maybe you had a hard time expressing how you were feeling or even finding someone to talk to about, um, you found a healthy outlet to just kind of like channel that like that energy, all those things that were coming out for you and um, doing it through comedy, doing it through short films, like just getting those creative juices flowing. So thank you for sharing that. That was really cool. Um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought because I was so excited about <laughs> just, it's okay. just hearing
0: that. <laughs> you you made an interesting uh, connection and then I, I'm having an observation of like what you're saying when Eddie when talks about not being able to, or like him not being able to express himself. A lot of our gente, if you like really think about it, that's why they're so we are so creative right in the way that we express ourselves because when we feel like we can't in one way you're gonna find an outlet you know and and for eddie and andrew you know it led to like these really cool projects that they put together now and so is just like interesting to see and to think about all of the, you know, like prominent figures in our Latinx community and and what they do, right? And and how that is probably a direct result of, uh, you know, the systems that weren't created for you know our gente to be
2: successful. Yeah, no, I agree. I remember I remember just reflecting on on, on pre combo stuff and how a lot of our community now. Um, a lot of our popular community and our, our musicians and our artists and a lot of our people that are rooted in the culture—they, from what I've recognized, there's a lot of pain that i had seen reflected in the artwork, in the music. Even like in Bad Bunny's like "Si Mamá," it's just like very much. The music video opens up with some with the, with a male who is uh, who's about to like really without getting too graphic, he's about to end his life and pretty much a boy comes up to him and they talk they, they talk it out and just as far as paraphrasing the boy tells him like yeah I feel you you know I started listening to this artist he's like what like yeah it's Bad Bunny he's like that who he's like come on let me show you and it opens up the whole story of like um, this guy's past and something that hurt him and putting it in music form from for me has always been like something to refer to having those outlets to really transfer all out of these, these, these unhealthy feelings, things that are causing me like harm and hurt into something that is more productive, more positive, something that people can resonate to. Um, and we've seen it so many times, time and time again.
1: Yeah. And I think um, Eddie, you had brought up that, you know, like kind of like what you were hearing uh, from other people who were kind of like men up. Right. Like and even you as at at that age, like not really recognizing what what does that even mean? What does man up mean? Right. I'm wondering, like, uh, for both Andrew and Eddie, like, where do you think the messaging was coming from? Was it like from people within our comunidad or was it like people within our households? Uh, I'm just curious to kind of like what was it like for you um growing up in the in the in a latino household right in a in a mexican american household um what were some of the challenges that that you noticed growing up
3: yeah um so it pretty much came from well, i grew up with no dad so that's that i didn't have a dad and it mostly came from my mom's cuz she didn't know really what to tell me and i don't blame her you know a lot of times like it's they expect, like, okay, no man's supposed to be tough, or rock. That's it. And that's just, I guess, how it should be. She's old school. I get it. But I guess that was not the, the right answer for me at the time. So that's when I had to just basically just deal with it, like, just roll with the punches, whatever. I just keep going. And that kind of made me strong, too. But also, like, it does mess with your mind up until... You know, I wish I knew stuff I know now when I was like 18, you know, it's always the, that case. But yeah, and that's pretty much how how I, I got that.
2: Yeah, I'd have to um, I have to agree, I, especially growing up in, in, a, in a Latinx household, I um, had a very dynamic experience. For one, growing up in my family, visually, we're different. I'm lanky, shorter and just you know, internally, a lot more difference for as far as like going into school and making school my priority. Uh, on my mom's side, there was that reflection, too. They were very important in school. But on my mom's side, it was all women. It was like six women uh, in a household. And my grandma was my grandma emigrated here from the 90. So I got to really experience more connection to my roots and, and really appreciate that. And then on my dad's side, they have been here for quite a while. I think since the Mexican War, the, the Mexican Revolution, where one of my ancestors got sent on a train with his two brothers and they had somebody waiting here and they didn't get to see their mom after that. And so there was already trauma that was being transferred over from that part. It was expressed in different ways and really acculturating um, in, in the area. So a lot of my family, they grew up in Watts. They got to see the Watts riots and a lot of the, the issues that were going on in there as far as that, that political climate, that social climate. So my grandpa wanted to get out. Wanted to go and start fresh, and my grandmother grew up in Linwood. They met, and they decided to go and find another new start in Artesia, uh, which is also another similar uh, demographic as far as as far as like um, gang life that is present and alive in that area. And so, when they had their kids, it was all boys and one one daughter. So the masculinity and the gender roles were very much there because one of their role models grew up in prison. And hung around with uh, a lot of the biker gangs. I think he hung out with uh, with with um, Hell's Angels, the, that biker gang, at one point. So there was that culture that I was getting influenced um, within my within my uh, my paternal side and their dynamics. And so that gender role was transferred over in, um, in the mentality early on and um, gathering, you know, what's called street street smarts for the most part. So. I was raised uh, in a very dynamic spot for the most part. And a lot of those gender roles, those masculine expectations were bestowed upon me where initially I didn't really see any kind of, uh, any kind of advantage that it would have for me growing up. My, My dad first and foremost always told me about education and how powerful it was and how important it is. Despite some of the other things that he had experienced and he's still able to articulate articulate that and tell me now that that's his story and that's something he shares with me. It's not something that I follow or I, 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 I mean, I do value it because it does have that meaning behind it. Um, but I went a different way. I went a different route, like visually internally, you know, I looked different from my family because they're, they're big. These guys are like big six feet Mexicans and, you know, heavily tattooed, which is, which I mean, visually, yeah, you, you know, it's, it looks intimidating. However, There is that stigma that goes with it as far as stereotypes and our culture to that, that's kind of perpetuated by that. And you know, at the very core root of it, what I had seen was a lot of patterns that I didn't want, um, that were unhealthy and took years to develop. And and so because my dad was just so powerful in terms of his insight, he always wanted better for me. And he always supported me and a lot of my divergent thinking and just the way that I had thought outside the box, how many questions I asked, and my mom, too, on the same page. So we had a common ground. Um, And that's even to this day, I'm I'm the one that is kind of flipping the script, breaking the cycles, so to speak, and really coming to terms with a lot of these things that landed me where I'm at and where my family's at. And so. I'm very much in a point now where I want to set a new path for my family. But I also still want to remain rooted and to really reconnect with my roots that I had lost. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm in a very odd position about that. But that's, that's what growing up in a Latino household looked like for me was really regaining a lot of these rich cultures that, that I had lost along the way, but still really trying to pave new paths um, for not only me, but people that look like me as well
1: were either of you like held to uh, certain cultural expectations? Um, Cause like, I mean, as you guys were sharing a little bit about that, um, it sounds like your families were like really supportive um, in kind of like creating that pathway. Um, and I know that sometimes, sometimes not all the time, but like, I know that sometimes there's like the the real like expectations that are set usually on Latinx males um, in, in like households. So I'm wondering if, if, you know, like, I mean, I, there's so many, right. I'm trying to like narrow it down to just why, but I'm like, there's so many, you know, there's man you of like, the house, exactly. Like <laughs> man yeah. of the house or like the main, pro- yeah, well, yeah. Like the breadwinner, the provider, like the one that helps take care of everyone. Um, you know, like um, as, as I was reading to prepare for this episode, I mean, like there was an article that just kept talking about like, you know like there's usually like usually a lot of pressure on our especially our latinx males like on like you need to take care of others right like that's like your your number one job and and it's difficult for uh, our latinos to be like vulnerable or show emotion because of it right because there's so much pressure as to like i need to present a certain way in order to show strength if i show emotion and that's kind of like what we were talking about like it, as we were preparing for the episode there is that vulnerability piece, right? And sometimes, like, being vulnerable is scary, right? I and mean, that's for everyone, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? But I'm just wondering, like, um, as 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 you guys were talking, all these things were sort of, like, coming up for me.
0: I thought I about know. that with Eddie, actually, because when he was talking about how he's like, I don't, you know, like, hold that against my mom, but I'm wondering if, you know, like, the absence of, like, a father figure um, was what really, like, her mom's only, or his mom's only way of like you know being the the father figure for Eddie and I am you could you can totally speak for yourself I'm just you know that's what that brought up for me was that maybe you know I don't know if you're the oldest I don't know like what <clears throat> place you are in your family but if maybe a lot of that like oh you need to be a man or just you know stop it be a man if that came with well you don't have you know your dad so you have to be the
3: man of the house. Yeah. So it was definitely, I had to, um, I guess not necessarily the man of the house, but be the telephone, the one that doesn't break. I have two older sisters, but I know they talk to each other. You know, anything happens, they have each other. I didn't really have that. I don't, I can't really speak of like my emotions. And that was just me though. That's just how I grew up, quiet. You know, not necessarily not wanting to talk. It's just I didn't feel I needed to, but I definitely did, I guess. <laughs> um, but another thing I wanted to tie in that it happens too when you're growing up and that's when you end up also with um, the wrong people sometimes. And that happened to me easily when I was 20, 21, I started drinking. You know, there's, unfortunately, there's like a liquor store in every corner where I where I live. So it's very easy access to that. And that becomes easier to do to numb yourself with alcohol than to get, like, a therapist. And, it's, and that sucks that that's the way it is sometimes. But it just, you know, what we know, like, the people we hang with a lot of times is the same dudes that didn't have a dad. So we have each other as, like, guys. Um, but, yeah, that's another thing that kind of destroys our men- mental health is the alcohol, the drugs, and that's pretty much on you to say I need to stop or no, I'm not going to do it.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, especially when it came to the role that, that was held upon me, um, to me it felt like at certain times, not all the time, not frequently, my mom was amazing. She had a lot of strength. She still does too, She's a lot of humor uh, that I really try to adapt. Um, you know, it really, especially to just really help feel and to really allow a lot of these different things to occur. Um, growing up in my mom's house uh, post separation, there's a lot of dynamics that I experienced. Um, some of them were unhealthy. Some of them were just pretty much like that's just what that's just what it, what it was. Um, and for me, my role was making sure everyone was cool, safe, happy, healthy for the most part. And I look at that now. Not only as something where I can gather strength from, but it got me to where I'm at now in terms of really reading the room, uh, building a lot of interpersonal skills when it comes to working with people and gauging, you know, if somebody's escalated or not, or somebody is stressed out, somebody who is who is really, um, you know, in need of help or in need of 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 some kind of comfort or some kind of safe space, and and so I think. Having that role of just wanting to help, wanting to become somebody who is just there for support was a challenge at some times because, likewise, I didn't have strategies at that time for for my own self-care. And I I totally agree with Eddie in terms of when it comes to hanging out, you know, guys all together and having just like-minded experiences some of those strategies and me myself included and and my experiences have ended up being unhealthy um, to the point where it got in in the way of my schooling in high school or got in the way of like my my issues that I have dealt with at that time. And the whole numbing, the whole just not wanting to feel those issues or not wanting to remember or just wanting to forget. I think there's a lot of forgetting when it comes to um, having to deal with just such strong emotions and feeling vulnerable because of all these different systems that are in place when it comes to being a man, manning up. What are you doing? Like Only girls cry. And a lot of these stigmas that I think now are lessening and diminishing in terms of their presence, but are still rooted uh, within our community. And, and some of the likewise, some of the like-minded communities as well. And so I think it's more important now, more so than ever than to teach, um, for one, to unlearn a lot of these patterns but for another to really teach new strategies that are in place. Like, how do you know when you're angry? Body check. All these things that that I've learned not only along the way, but things that we do in trainings all the time in, in my current job. Um, and and yeah, so a lot of the roles, they do have the pros and cons. It really depends on if it's healthy or not and how extreme it is.
1: So for you guys, um, as, and you both brought like really great points. I think um, one of the things that I was thinking about as you guys were mentioning, um, that it is sometimes like hard to kind of communicate like emotions or feelings because like we're not really in, in some ways taught. And that's that's in general as a community, right? <laughs> um, but especially I think for our Latinx males, um, uh, sometimes like the easiest way of expressing yourself, uh, like say like you're going through a breakup or like something like really bad happened, um, and wanting to forget that that pain it, and sometimes unfortunately, uh, and not only not in a smell. No, right? I think like a lot of Latinos in general. <laughs> um, sometimes we turn into uh, negative coping mechanisms, right? And like a negative coping mechanism could be like drinking or uh, substance use. Or um, so there is a lot of a lot that goes with that. Um, so knowing kind of like what you guys know now. I mean, do you guys talk to your family members about uh, just like mental health in general or like things that come up, things that you observe? or that you are learning? um, And how do those conversations go when you do bring those up?
3: Yeah, I have uh, close friends that I'm able to talk to things about now. Now I feel more uh, comfortable now that I understand, you know, when it's happening. So it's easier for me to actually open up than it used to be because I didn't even know where to start before. Um, so yeah, thank God I did find you know the right people. I'm able to express myself to and not feel vulnerable enough to like never speak about it.
2: I'm trying to trying to think how to answer that question. I, I mean, I know I'm sorry that was a loaded question. My, it was my,
1: my I'm sorry. My my <laughs> I just get really excited and then right. I, my my train takes off before I can let it just like fully form the sentence
2: <laughs> a, little, a little extra coal okay a little extra coal in the engine uh, yeah so so the question was am I do I feel confident expressing myself around my family when it comes to like my mental health challenges or
1: uh, like it, just in general like I mean right. I think like it sounds like like for you uh, as you're learning this um like as you're going through your line of work and um exploring like your career right? right uh mental health i'm sure like the topics come up right like oh yeah i can tell you like and if you listen to our pod you know that i talk to my parents a lot about like <laughs> you know when they bring up fulanita de tal, something something happened and uh, and then i'm like all right, let's, let's backtrack and then let's right. talk about this and what does it look like? So um, it's sort of like the psychoeducation something that you're doing, but yeah. having it as a conversation where you're like really oh. just engaging like and an just a genuine conversation. So yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah. I, I do want to say that since post high school and graduating high school being one of the biggest successes that came out of um, 2009 and, and a lot of the trauma that happened in that year, Everything moving forward had been in a positive light. When I went to college, all I wanted to talk about to my dad was psychology and things like that. When I got my job working in the district, working in and and stu- uh, working in education and being being exposed to students who have different learning styles, learning patterns, different levels of of, of abilities, and and really help facilitating those skills, it gave me the words that I needed in order to inspire not only my parents who. Are very much new to that world because it's not too often that like they had they had they had students that were different in their classes. Uh, more so now, it's it's more prevalent, and so it really allowed a lot more conversation, and that just went uphill uh, as soon as I started getting into school and working in mental health, and then having that conversation with my dad and my mom, and then just recently a couple months ago, um, my dad who loves this this uh, this actor. Um, Richard Cabral, who's in the the biker gang show, Sons of Anarchy and and Mayans, he ended up doing a podcast too. And someone that looks like him, my dad easily resonated because they break it down in the way that the lexicon is when it comes to like Chicanos and former gang members and what's going on now. And, and, you know, I'm I'm always talking about like Homeboy Industries and everything that's going on in in that awesome organization and how they do reform uh, men, or not so much reform, but just really support men who are formerly incarcerated according to these patterns. And so like, I got him hooked on their podcast and that was one of the first breakthroughs that I had seen when it came to really diving into that conversation. And so I think for me, the conversation has always been there. I mean, like I had my challenges too, as an adult and really becoming overwhelmed. And I told my dad flat like, hey, I'm becoming overwhelmed right now. And I had to go through my own journey in terms of healing and all the way through, my dad was there supportive, wanting to just be there. And I remember the biggest thing he told me was, we were sitting we were sitting down on Sunday dinner after church, and he told me flat out, he's like, I'm coming to you from a place of love, so I only know how to help you out as your, as your father. Um, and that really spoke words to me because it wasn't like, it was totally outside the realm of everything that I learned, and it's very much just like, father trying to help his son. And it couldn't it couldn't even have been more simpler than that. Uh, because i tend to overthink and he's very much the one who breaks it down in the way that i only he only knows how and sometimes i needed that because he, he didn't go to college he, he he was just about to graduate but he ended up having to work two jobs and and so that took priority and he's only knowing the skills that he had learned and he's damn good at it and i was just like wow like i'm smart he's wise <laughs> and there's a difference between the two
0: i have a a question for uh, both of you, everyone, actually, um, because I know Jessica was um, talking about like bringing things up like that with your family so you could discuss. Have you ever had like because I know I have like some of these conversations have not gone well just because I think, hey, my delivery, like my heart says what it like feels like saying Um, even if I'm really trying to, with my brain, make it, you know, be a little softer. I actually have a reminder on my phone that like pops up every day when I wake up that says to keep my words soft because I'm like that and I know it. I'm like really trying. So um, I've had really explosive conversations at home with, you know, being like a, a first gen person addressing like, hey, like things, I guess addressing things that are normalized that just shouldn't be, um and and approaching conversations like even if I bring it up super lighthearted, like hey or like frame it up what do you think you know I they just don't always go well and a lot of the times when I'm talking about um those things it's because I want to address like how it's been tough on my not only my mental health but I've noticed you know it being hard on my mom my dad my brother and I think that um <clears throat> it's important, although it is important to bring those up, like, is it worth it? You know, that that's always like a question that I have, because I can tell you, like, I've gone, you know, days without speaking, you know, to somebody in my family, just for expressing like, hey, what you're, what you are doing is making me feel this way. And I realize that like, now I show up in the world this way, because I've been like, taught for so long to to go about it this way like let's talk let's break it down and it's like you know they like push back they're like i don't want to talk about it and it gets like super explosive but is it just me am I not normal I'm just kidding
3: (laughs) I want to say that it's just you Sandra so let's move on (laughs) next question (laughs) (laughs) rude (laughs) (laughs) no definitely yeah I have um yeah many times I actually in into it with my moms basically the thing is too I feel like she's too like old school for her own good like for instance just to give you an example one time he knew about a buddy of mine and uh, his girlfriend and he asked oh they're not together no more I said no her only answer was oh he must not have treated her well she didn't know what happened nothing and that was I was like really like she could have cheated on him but your only thing is, so that's when I knew, like, she's not the best person when it comes down to, like, a male's perspective of mental health. And to this day, I still don't blame her. It was her upbringing maybe that led her to be that way. So as long as I understand how it is, yeah, is, I'm okay.
0: And it's like meeting them where they're at, right? I think, yeah. you know, sometimes I just jump the gun, but I definitely think about that. And I think I spoke about it a little bit on the last episode that we had, where it's like a lot of times I, like, it's reminding myself, like, you might already be here. Like, they are They are not there yet. You know, it, it's still going to take a little bit of time, especially because, like Eddie talked about at the beginning, they had a lot of that, like, old school, like, los hombres son así, las mujeres hacen esto, and that's it. You know, there is no in between. Like, I can't even tell you how many times, like, trying to talk to my parents about, like, uh lgbtqia you know like gender pronouns uh binary non-binary and just like the road the roadblocks to just like explaining to them what those things mean while still learning things myself and and i think that um a lot of us taking part in this conversation is one of those ways that we're gonna just like kind of make it through uh because we are, in, in, in a lot of ways, the first of our kind.
2: No, I agree. I mean, it's a matter of gauging readiness. For me, like, getting understanding. If I feel confident in the understanding that I have about, like, certain topics, certain subjects, then I want to have the conversation around it. I want to discuss further. I want to really keep the, con- continue, keep the conversation going because of just how important it is, right? And so for me, in discussing that with my family, I do it like in small doses. If it's if it's cool and like my family's, like family members are, are good with it and they're at least open, I think the biggest thing is gauging their openness. My dad's open to wanting to learn about like, you know, some of the students that I've worked with and, and not going into specifics about it, but just to get a general understanding of it, great. Like, we'll watch The Good Doctor because that is, a, I think overall, it's just, it's amazing. Like he, he he got hooked on it. And I was like, yeah, dude, like that's, it's not. It's it's one specific way to really describe what autism looks like, right? Um, and some of these nuances, because it that's just that's just one specific, unique um, individual. It doesn't it doesn't really explain everything else or every other person that does have it, right? And so that's how I'll talk to my dad about like autism. Um, if I want to talk to my dad or my mom about something else, I'll find something that's like popular culture that is fairly relevant or accurate or at least starts the conversation like Breaking Bad or whatever I'll find my dad's interest if he's interested in it cool we'll talk about it um I got him into Mr. Robot so now we're talking about hacking and anonymous and all that stuff so so I mean I I can't say that every interaction had always been like that because there were times where I tried talking to like family members or my mom or my dad or what have you or me my sisters about things that I just observed and as soon as I start getting some resistance to pushback, I'm like, okay, like I ain't getting involved. Like that's you, I'm gonna do me, and that's a boundary. So like I'm not, I'm not trying to but I'm not trying to like uh, impose anything. And I'm really like just gauging some openness. And if there's openness, cool. If there's a lot more closed-mindedness, then I don't even wanna like bother having the conversation because I have had some experiences uh, within my family dynamics where There has been a lot of closed-mindedness that led to rash thinking and it just really opened up a whole nother can of worms where I was just like, okay, to say, cool, I'm out. (laughs) I'm gonna go do my thing. And and sometimes it's just better for like my benefit, my health, because like, it's just, at the end of the day, it's all, for me and my own mental health, reducing time with those who are either closed-minded or might lead me to unhealthier ways is probably better for me in the long run. So whether it's explosive or not, I wanna say that, most of the time my judgment is fairly sound uh and that that that's only like for my two cents and really how and everybody's different with, with their boundaries and what they want to share uh and you know and and really just their their self-awareness or their refusal to acknowledge you know that things are unhealthy for them
1: yeah i agree um i think um i i can tell you that the conversations that i had with my dad sometimes are successful and sometimes they're not <laughs> you know, I think, um, there's times when my sister and I have like, you know, we're talking about something right. and then we get like really passionate about it. Right. Cause we're like, this is the way, right. And then my dad is like, well, back in my day. Right. Oh, and yeah. before he can even finish, we're like, no dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like, now that you're talking about it, I mean, it does make sense. I think they were raised like completely different. They were like, yeah. um, uh, different things were happening for him in his time. And and we do talk about that. And, you know, I think he's more open to having those conversations. And I try not to like shift a lot of blame on them because like, you know, right. like I can't blame them for things that their parents taught them or things that they learned back in their pueblito, right? But yeah. we do talk about them. Um, and I think that's the one thing I, I really do love and appreciate about my dad that He's open to it. He's open to listening, even though he gets pissed at us sometimes. Yeah. But then he'll come back around and he'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, like what well, you told me about it. I, I I, hear I hear what you're saying um, in his own way. Right. Um, so like also like being mindful of that, that there's only so much that I can like bring up and talk about mm-hmm. and kind of like Andrew was saying, also like making sure I'm taking care of myself and my mental health. Because like, I can't change his way of thinking. I can't make someone else change, like change their ways. um, But I can like create those conversations. So, um, but I hear you, Sandra. It's like super challenging sometimes having those conversations. And it's kind of like even knowing like, is this the right thing for me to bring up at this time? Is it going right. to be healthy for me? Is that something that's really going to serve me anything at all? Um, and that's a hard place to be, right? Because yeah. a lot of the times, I'm sure, like things come up for you.
0: And you're like, I want to talk about them, and you're like, never mind. <laughs> it's like being stuck in what is it? Speak, speak, even though your voice shakes. And you know, sometimes you just gotta let it let it go for the sake of your mental health. So now it's like right. absolutely two very different extremes. Yeah. Like, and that's all day.
2: <laughs> and that's the thing too. It's like, am I the right person or do I need to just let it go and learn to accept that I can't, at least for right now, have this conversation. Um, right. but you
1: know, what's funny. Like sometimes, I don't know if it happens to your to your parents, but like sometimes we will talk to my parents about a certain thing and they're like against us and then they come madres or somebody will come down and it'll be like, they're like the experts
0: now. They're like, oh, well, I learned the blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Really?
1: So I just said that
2: that two days ago. I think with parents,
0: that's the, that's what it is with parents. It's like, you know what? I'm the expert. Like I'm teaching you. What do you mean? You're teaching me.
2: I'm the parent or the child. Why are you telling me what to do?
0: That's going to be
1: another episode. (laughs) 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 We're just going to come up with this line of episodes right now. Um, and then going with that, like we're talking about, like, how do you take care of your mental health, right? Like, what are some of the things that both Eddie and Andrew, um, do, what do you guys do to make sure that you're taking care of yourselves? Mostly like, how do you make sure that you're taking time for yourself to fully recharge? Um, and how do you do that?
3: Uh, yeah, so I still, I still write to this day. I feel that's still my best outlet. That's where I can just put everything out there just read it myself or just put it out there, you know, that that really helps me a lot. And I do go on uh, like runs here and there. It's been kind of tough with this whole quarantine. And that's an excuse I like to say, but (laughs) I, that's one thing though. I do uh, exercise. Um, And yeah, i just pretty much know that um, I understand when I'm feeling different, that is something going on and I know how to, kind of slow down and figure it out and then move on and then i go on instagram sometimes and talk smack and sandra knows this and <laughs> that's another way i've been too so
0: i get all of the like w- the the fight memes we we fight each other over, over over memes or we laugh about memes that he sends but <laughs> you know it's fun yeah
3: it's if awesome you ever look fun. at meme pages i'm the dude in the comments like arguing with everyone <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's your me, outlet <laughs> that's just funny to me
3: it's just funny how people get so mad sometimes like even if you misspell a word they attack you like oh you you get me like it's just funny to me really? it's not necessarily like me just trying to be a bad person I just it's funny
2: keyboard warriors yep. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I mean yeah writing same here man first and foremost is writing letting it out I mean I remember the first time I got an A on my writing paper. It was just like the best thing. Um, Just to really articulate it and to have that one-on-one time for me and myself to just get it out and see it in real time. And to really go down the writing process too. Uh, For the longest time, I didn't have that because I was just like, where do I start? Um, I always try to find shortcuts in high school. And yeah, I mean intellect and and, and school was always my outlet. I always wanted to know. I was very curious even, like, I wanted to know the five stages of grief at 15. I wanted to know communication breakdown in marriages. I wanted to know, like, what diagnoses were, because that's what put me into that world um, and to really find words that matched it. And so, writing has always been there. Music, Tupac, Iggy, like, guys and males that had these same expressions. Kid Cudi, gonna be dropping an album tomorrow, Man on the Moon 3. Um, I met that guy, so definitely role model. And really finding people that I want to aspire to be um, in so many different fields, like in the music field, and the artist field. I just like, Morley. I just sent him my book and, and he was a big street artist that I'm inspired by. And um, even in, in the academic field, people that I want to aspire to be like, even in the mental health field, and really finding community that I wanted to belong to. Um, Just because for quite a while, I felt like I didn't belong for for whatever reason. It was mostly internal. And for me, I wanted to just express, whether it was through art, whether it was through music, um, writing, academics. I had all these outlets, and I think that's what really helped me out. Because, like, if I didn't have those... I think I probably was still been doing a lot more unhealthy coping strategies, um, uh, to where like there was a lot more numbing because a lot of these things were just too strong for me to deal with, especially at a younger age too. I was just like, I don't want to do that right now. Right. Um, but I think experiencing the pain and confronting it makes it something that's on my side because that's my story. Nobody else can take it to, can tell it better than I can because like, they just haven't lived my life and just really owning up to those things and sharing it. Um, for anybody who does want to hear it and will help them up moving forward um even if it's in very subtle ways or really gathering more curiosity so I think um curiosity was one of the biggest things that helped me out It was just like I just want to know I'm curious but tell me what's going on right that's me
1: thank you um so Eddie you brought something up that I wanted to like get back into um so you said that you can sort of tell when something is not okay with you. Like, so how does that show up for you, right? Because, like, how do you know? Like, is it like something physical that's going on with you, or you notice like, oh, you know, like maybe I'm just a little bit more tired than usual? How does that show up for you?
3: Uh, yeah, a lot of times it's just the mood, and because uh, um, my schedule is like really random. So there's days where I stay editing till like four or five in the morning. Then I wake up to do a shoot at ten a.m. And then I have to edit again and then I'm just all over the place. So sometimes I just get overwhelmed, but I have to keep going. There's no way I can tell, like, you know, whoever I'm working on a project would say like, hey, um, I don't want to do this no more. So there's times where I just burn myself and then later even my creativity is not there. When I get, you know, behind the screen to edit, I don't feel like doing it. And then I feel like something's off, like, well, what's going on with me? But it could be just tiredness, but that alone can kind of bring me in a depressive mode where I just feel like it's something wrong with me. I'm just depressed, but it's just multiple things all, you know, in one ball. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's that's when it I is. start to... Okay. It
1: Sorry. I was just kind of like, oh, before we move on, like, because that's super important, right? Like mm-hmm. it, even taking notice what is happening in our mind and our body and, and knowing like, okay, this is like when I need to kind of like kick in my self-care or, or do something to really make sure that I'm not falling into what feels for me like sadness or what feels like anger or tiredness, right? Even for you to recognize, okay, am I really tired or am I really feeling like really, really down because something happened and it's really impacting me. Um, and I think that's something that is sometimes is really hard to tell. So yeah, you did answer it. Thank you. How about for you, Andrew? Does How do you know when like maybe things are not feeling okay for you? How do you, how can you be aware of that, I guess?
2: Yeah, um, usually my sleep, if my sleep is messed up, then I'm a wreck. I mean, I, I have to get at the very minimum, six hours, seven hours. There are times where I was like up, 22 hours, 23 hours because of just how packed my schedule was. And I was accepting extra shifts and whatnot. So for me, like I know when I'm a wreck because like routine is all messed up. I, can't, I don't feel like I'm keeping up with my schedule and knowing that there's too much on my plate, so to speak. So I, I'm really, I do a lot of body scanning. If I feel like I'm a little bit too energetic or if I'm crashing or if I'm starting to have like a lot of negative thoughts. I think a lot of the negative thoughts really become precursors for things that are probably gonna go for the worst if I don't manage it right now, such as like skipping appointments or calling out sick to work or or even being at work um, and just not being in it, not being in the flow. And so self-care is always like my balance. From the get go, I wake up, I feel good, great. Like I'm ready to roll. And if I at least get seven hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep, great. Even if it means checking in with work and I know I am going to be a little behind, Um, but really having that communication. If I'm really starting to internalize a lot of stuff, then I feel like I'm not communicating enough. Um, So I like to go and check in and get feedback and just see if I'm doing well, or there's anything that I need to tweak. Um, So for me, it's really looking into productivity. If I don't feel, like I want to write or draw or do any of this stuff, then I know that I'm starting to kind of decompensate, so to speak. I'm trying to like, um, you know, head down to something that's a little bit more negative. Um, if I'm kind of indulging too much. Then that's that's getting in the way of my things because then I'm not losing my other strategies. So uh, if I stay up too late or whatever. So I think sleep's always key. If I'm not seeing my family as much, I'm always, I'm always very wanting to be centered and becoming just around my mom and my dad and my sisters. So, I mean, if, if my energy is off, then everything around me um, has that effect. So my residents that I work with, they're feeling that. Uh, the staff that I work with, my, my, my family, um, just really recognizing if they don't want to be around me. So that's that. those are usually some, some signs that I got to kind of tweak some things or get some extra sleep or... Call off and just set and just clear my table, clear my schedule, just for me time mostly. Um,
0: just now when Eddie and um, and Andrew were sharing, they had really similar ones. I, I noticed you both uh, said you you don't feel creative um, when you're when you're feeling off. And when you were talking about that, I, I was like, well, I don't drink anymore. I used to drink <laughs> when I was like, you know, and I felt like I just didn't really want to. Um, deal with things I was like all right I'm gonna go drink I'm gonna go have a drink with my friend Jessica (laughs) and uh or whoever but you know I I mean that obviously right now isn't some something people should be doing but you know to each of them um but I think I learned that more recently when I add stuff to my plate like when I start just like okay well I'm gonna take that on and then that and then that and I'm saying yes to all these things that's how I know I'm off because it's like okay well what are you trying to like not think about. And so it's been nice because I know right now I'm kind of in one of those places. Um so it's at, and and you know like on accident but it's finals week so I haven't had to like you know really do much of much thinking aside from um getting all that done. So now that I recognize that I'm going to be intentional about um, moving forward in these next few weeks to prepare and make sure that like I get enough rest because that's really crucial for me. Um, I've talked about it before, but I suffer from chronic pain and when I don't sleep or rest well, like I am just hurting. So, um, I'm I'm gonna be intentional in these coming weeks about that, and just uh, making sure that I'm you know uh, watching shows, reading you know my books, and um, today you know my love language is tell me something that you think I'm gonna like to watch, listen to, read, uh, a coffee, anything that you think that I'm gonna like, like that, just tell me. And this morning, one of our one of our colleagues actually, Jessica, um, texted me and was like, "Hey, have you heard this podcast?" Uh, and, and I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to listen. Like once I I'm there, you know, once I'm able to actually sit down and listen. And then they were like, yeah, it's right up your alley. So I had to share and that to me, oh, means the world. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm sure you're going to share that a little bit later on when we talk
1: about the three things that we should listen to. Cause if we can all listen to it later on, sure hopefully. Will. <laughs> and I then, um, that. so, um, one of the questions that I had is like knowing what you know now, what is the advice that you would give that you would give other men um, that are seeking mental health supports and information. So now as adults right um, and knowing everything that has happened throughout your lifetime and things that you've learned, things that you've seen, what advice would you give to other men when it comes to
0: mental health or seeking supports? Tell us what's in your toolbox
2: man okay um i guess the biggest thing that i want to just really drive home is that it's not too early and it's not too late to start like if you're if you're 40 if you're 15 if you're anywhere in between like it doesn't matter like where you've been during that journey what matters is the choice it all starts with just deciding on hey like i'm deciding that a lot of these things, I probably can't deal with on my own. And since then I have been. Sometimes it works. but maybe I can get a second opinion. Maybe there's something out there that so that somebody's doing that is working better. Um, and so if I had became more aware of gathering external support, like a therapist, uh, a life coach, uh, a you know, a job specialist, what have you, even my school counselor uh, or a teacher. And I'd let them know that, hey, like, you know, the, the same psychology teacher, I, I've known her for two years, right? And she may have been the one that I felt comfortable talking to about, like some issues that I was going through, uh, whether it was at home with my friends, um, the relationships, people that, girls that I was interested in, right? And if there was a teacher that I could connect with and let them know like, hey, like, this is what this is what I'm going through, like missing so-and-so. Um, then maybe she would have had a different understanding of me. And I would have had probably a different trajectory in terms of starting my academic career earlier or really gathering the confidence to ask that, that girl out on the date, right? So like all these regrets, so to speak, it's not to say that I don't regret them because I've used them to really fuel a lot of my creative outlets or really having more opportunities to learn from when it comes to like someone else I'm dating or um, another job that I have or something something that's coming up, right? Uh, yeah, start early, start often because it's always going to be a learning process. Um, and depending on where you're at, you know, there's, there could be more unlearning or more learning. It really depends. So I think for me and my strategies that I've had my toolbox, so to speak, right, is always gathering additional opinions that are different from mine. Um, I, I try not to find somebody that agrees with me just because I'm interested in what they have to offer because uh, I'm always looking for another perspective, something that I haven't really thought of before, um, which is pretty cool because I like to go and talk to my team and I say that Here, here's what's going on in my head What what you things going on, right? And that creates the conversation, right? And so that's always helped me out in terms of just helping out my decision-making. And so yeah, give feedback, check in, stay aware but also take that time to disconnect and be alone so that way you get to know yourself and the things that you like the things that you love things you don't like Um, i'm a firm believer in being your own best friend because having that time to yourself and not feeling alone but feeling more secure and confident in yourself like gems will blossom you'll find like so many different things that like you love as far as reading books um yeah I'm a firm believer because there are times where like I'll get in trouble and then my parents would send me to my room and it was just me and so like like jokes on you because I got my video games I got my toys like um and so I learned to become my own best friend and and that shows because of just how much like I've made connections and just feeling really confident in myself and a lot of the skills that I've had and um, yeah, and, and and not to say like isolate yourself. Like if you need, I think especially like gamers, male gamers, um, people, guys, right? We we tend to really hold it in here and withdraw, and not really having to communicate. Um, and I think for those for people who are going through that, reach out. Definitely check in, get some support because you know it it takes a village. You're not always going to know everything. Um, and yeah, I think that's the, the biggest thing. Um, drink a lot of water too. Definitely helps Hydrate. Drink
0: water and mind your business.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you said that really important thing too. Um, people need people. My mom would tell me that all the time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, it shouldn't all be on you. Like don't don't be that because I was like that since I was little. Like. I was always very like, now I'm going to do it myself then. And it was like yeah. really annoying.
2: Like, yeah, I agree. It's good to be independent and to gather independence. Um, that sometimes that's key. Like being independent is always something that I would never knock. It, it's, it's, it's a matter in terms of is it a healthy independence to where like you're going to go out on the limb by paying it your own way without accepting a loan that could maybe help out. Whatever, you know, just things like that. DJ Eddie
0: B?
3: Um, I guess my my best advice I can give, let's say, to the younger, the younger dudes is to just go ahead and do it. So research help, look for help. Just go ahead and do it. I know if it's going to feel scary, it's going to feel even embarrassing. But honestly, that's the best thing you can learn at a young age. The last thing you want 10 years from then to finally realize and then wonder what happened to me. You know, like after like, oh, I lost like eight years of just drinking, numbing myself, or I could have, you know, just asked for that help when I needed it. And um, I guess that's pretty much it. Just talk it out like it's going to be embarrassing. It's cool. Embarrass yourself a little bit. It's going to be scary. Go ahead and do it. That's the worst that's going to happen. But you're going to be a better person mentally.
0: You had an important one too you identified like right at the beginning like one of i think the key components to um to addressing like you know the state of your mental health is in finding your safe people you know don't put it all on them definitely but um find those people that you can talk to and even talk to them about uh hey i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna look for somewhere to go get therapy i'm gonna look for somewhere to go get counseling uh, you know, I can't pay that much, so I'm gonna look for you know programs that can help with doing that. So you, you did bring that up in the beginning. I just wanted to point that out.
3: Yeah, did well, answer the question. I don't know. Sometimes I. You, I just, did. Like, you
0: did. You did. No, you did. <laughs> I I don't know. No, I don't know if y'all are ready to you know talk about those. You know, it was a good conversation. We had a we had a good talk here, and I I appreciate you both um, being so willing to like. Coming and pushing it that hour back so I can have an extra hour for my test <laughs> um school <That's> first <laughs> you want to lead us off Yessie? do you have your things you're obsessed with I hope you guys thought about your things
2: oh, I do I've been I thinking do about them all week <laughs>
1: I, I definitely do have mine, um, and I put them here in the, in the Google Doc because I didn't want to miss out on them. Um, so actually, as I was doing research for this episode, um, I ran into an article that was talking about a, a group of men who put together – they have an Instagram, but they also have a, a page um, where they basically – it's called uh, Men of Color Smile. And their logo is like Sparkling Authentic Conversation on Masculinity, Vulnerability, and Wellness. Um, and it's it doesn't seem like they have a lot of followers, but I think it's probably because a lot of people don't know about them. But I was looking at their posts, and their posts actually look pretty amazing. So um, if you want to go check it out, uh, you can follow them. And then um, I know Sandra's going to tag them um, when she uploads our episode, but it's Men of Color Smile. Another one, it's uh, therapy for black men. And this is like an Instagram page that they have, but they, um, women, like if you don't identify as black, that's okay. I think they just have a lot of really good information specifically for men, men um, of color, um, when it comes to therapy and wellness. Uh, and if your husband is out there or whoever's out there, your boo and you wanna pass them this information on, feel free to do so. Uh, the more knowledge and um, resources that we can share, the better um and another page this is like the hip-hop social worker he's actually from portland um and he has a page yeah he has a page um and it has a lot of really good information he's always putting information that's not only locally but also at the national level um so that's another great page to follow uh so those are my three i didn't stick with shows this time even though i do have some but i'll stick with with it for the next episode but uh, I just figured that some resources would be helpful for this episode
0: all right Andrew you're up oh okay
1: all right
2: <laughs> uh, man okay I'm gonna save the best for last okay so the first one um David Goggins I've, I've heard about this guy in podcasts and then I've heard him from like other people and just Goggins and I'm like okay like I've heard before it's been ringing for a couple of weeks right and so I searched him up on YouTube and I was taken away by this guy's mentality, a lot of the struggles that he has been through, and really, really demonstrating what it is to express pain and owning your pain and really using it to, to keep that drive and to just become friend, not so much friends with it, but to really acknowledge it and to not let it get in your way, but to let it drive you, right? So currently on him, as far as just his his ideas and, and really his lots mind. of feeds. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm all about like trying to maximize production and and a lot of these these like superhuman traits, so to speak. So he's cool. Second one. Um, man, I just forgot. What was it? I'm gonna just say designing. That has been my my thing for a while. Is just really trying to find different ways to express and computer graphics. So I, I've always loved that. And then the last one, of course, since day one, is Kikudi. Yeah. Just everything about him, his ideas, his music. Tomorrow, he's dropping new shoes next week. I'm going to get some shoes from him. Um, He's got a new Netflix show coming out. And so the guy has really become a strong influence, not only in in my music and my writing and just overall presentation and style, but um, just an overall wholesome being, um, and yeah, that's, that's me. Um, I was going to, thing I forgot that took in place of graphic design was the book, The Alchemist. 10 out of 10, recommend.
0: That's right. It's always good to revisit that one. I feel like that's a book, that's a reread, like every now and, and then pick it back up. Yeah. Oh, dang, six. Yeah, yeah no, six times, I think six I'm six on like, days. I've only read it twice. <laughs> Do you want to go next, Eddie?
3: I forgot the question.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go then and you can kind of listen it's just the three the three things you're obsessed with this week um so I'm gonna go with uh I think you know I'm gonna have a great winter break I was thinking about that even though you know I wasn't feeling great with like one of the scores on my tests, but uh whatever I'm done I I, I the term is over like it's behind me um but I I I'm going to be obsessed with, uh, eating local. So definitely I'm going to be doing a lot of eating at like the local eateries around here. There's a place called La Guanacita that my mom and I love to go to for like pupusas, um, and like a couple little taco spots in the area. And then, so that's, that's one thing I'm, I've been obsessed with, cause I'm not going to lie to y'all, uh, to get through this week, I was, uh, you know, eating, eating, while studying, eating, while writing, it was just you know it was helping me um, stay afloat. Uh, so that's that's one thing. I'm I'm still obsessed with that uh, the Instagram page, the group, the collective, the cyber collective. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spend um, my se- or my winter break also trying to beef up my cybersecurity, um, learning as much as I can uh, about that because today I almost got got by Cash App. For somebody trying to get money from my cash app, and it was not a fun time. It was a gr- it was a weird day today, but it, I'm here, I'm alive. <laughs> um, so there's that, and then um, I'm just looking forward to sleep. Looking forward to sleep, but I am going to share that podcast in case y'all want to listen. I didn't even look at the description, so I think it's like kind of interesting that this person. Said it was right up my alley, but I'm into it. So the podcast, and it's popular. I don't know. I, I don't know how I didn't haven't heard about it before, but it's Ear Hustle. And it says Ear Hustle brings you the daily realities of life inside prison shared by those living it and stories from outside post-incarceration. The podcast is a partnership between Nigel Poor, a Bay Area visual artist, and oh man, I'm gonna not get this name right. Erlon Woods formerly incarcerated at San Quentin State Prison, and was co-founded with former San Quentin residents Antoine Williams. The Ear Hustle team works in the San Francisco Bay Area, both in San Quentin State Prison's Media Lab and from offices on the outside to produce stories that are sometimes difficult, often funny, and always honest. Episodes offer a nuanced view of people involved with the American prison system, and those reintegrating into society after serving time. So there, y'all go. You have something to do for a while. It's it says two thousand seventeen to twenty twenty, so we're we're gonna be there for a little bit. All right, Eddie, DJ, Eddie. you ready? Right, so do you have the, the concept? Question? Oh, again, <laughs> I'm
3: playing. I get it, but it doesn't <laughs> have to be related to like mental health, right? Just no. something. No, that's what.
0: Yeah, this is how you're gonna take care of you. Like this is this is more more that.
3: Okay. Um. Well, me and you can relate with this on Sandra because I know you love it so much as well. But the selena I already
0: story? knew you were gonna say <laughs> that. Absolutely not. But
3: so I already watched if the you're whole you're into it. Part. it. <laughs> so if you're into I, it. Cool. I don't expect the second part to be out anytime soon. So, um, well, there's another one, actually, I didn't want to mention, which I watched the whole thing, but it relates with a lot of like mental health. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix, uh, Nicky Jam, El Ganador, like how his whole life was like re- pretty bad. Like his mom yes. was drug addict, he became yeah. one, and then how he cleaned himself up and it's uh, yeah. now yeah. going really well. So yeah. that's very interesting to watch.
0: That was actually one of mine in an earlier episode. <laughs> so, oh yeah, really? I, yeah, I, I I loved it. I thought it was good.
3: Yeah, and I guess artist-wise, I listen to a lot is Joiner Lucas. He's really really in depth when it comes to mental health, so I recommend you guys Joyner listening Lucas. to a few of his songs. Like he's really deep.
0: Joiner Lucas, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna look him up. I'm excited for Kid Cudi too. I saw that and it made my week it made my week and then like I'm super into makeup so then I don't know I mean I don't expect any and Andrew to know I don't know if Jessica knows like Katie and Desi like the makeup girls on YouTube but so they're like their whole like group of friends are just like really fun and funny to watch on Instagram and on YouTube and Katie's husband teamed up with uh his name is Angel Merino Angel Merino but he goes by Mac Daddy everywhere yeah. and he's so he has like a makeup brand oh well your sister lavana she's she's probably already all 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 over that but um they they're coming out they're dropping a makeup collab tomorrow too and i think i'm gonna treat myself and i'm gonna get myself Uh-oh. a lipstick and a highlight so good things are just coming
2: you know right. i'm gonna get the merch i'm gonna get the album <laughs> next week i'm gonna get the shoes and then the week after that i'm gonna get the second pair of the shoes because i gotta wait till <laughs> payday <laughs> so yeah. count me and treat myself merry christmas Happy New Year, all of them. There you go. That's
1: always a good way to just treat yourself. And why not, right? Like you deserve it. We all deserve it. We we just got to treat ourselves. You know, why not? Got it. Um, and on that note, thank you both so much for coming. We really, really appreciate um, you guys being vulnerable and joining us in this episode. And, um, and we look forward to hopefully uh, more collaborations down the line. Uh, but for now that is all. So thank you. And I hope you all had a great time listening to this amazing, um, guys that joined us today. So until next time, bye. Bye.
0: See y'all later. Thank you guys.
3: Bye.